Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Um, guys, this is Broncos for Breakfast. Obviously, we are kicking off here at uh, about 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time. We've been going at you guys live every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday since... God, probably since August, um, and uh, we really appreciate it. This has become, I would argue, the second most popular show on the channel, even with the uh, the base being different, given it's a morning show. So appreciate you guys so much. Um, we'll see some more people coming in here. EJ's in the house. I think we also need to upgrade our offensive line and build around Pookie. Then it takes less pressure on the quarterback to make plays. The players we have are good, but not elite. Um, what do you think about this, Scott? Building an elite offensive line, is that a viable strategy for the Broncos this offseason? In one season, maybe not, but the thing is, <clears throat> if you one really good upgrade kind of works the whole line, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it, as you've said several times, Nick, and as you know, you're only as good as your weakest link. So, if you upgrade right tackle, this line gets better, period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but what concerns me, honestly, is, is watching this game is as I was watching yesterday, I watched. Every I watched the line of scrimmage on every snap and just to see where it was set. Where was it? Where was the line of scrimmage being set? And if the Broncos got a push, I mean, this isn't rocket science, okay? If the Broncos reset the line of scrimmage beyond where the ball was set, I'm like, oh yeah, look, six yard run. If they didn't, if they got pushed back, it, the, the play was over. Yeah, they get pushed back way too often uh, on the offensive line. Um, that's, that to me is one of the bigger problems. Um, wanted to say hello to Miguel coming in too, as well. Uh, buying some coffee this morning. Appreciate it. It says, good morning, fellas. I think I need a couple more cups of coffee after that one yesterday. Lock looked good, but the rushing game suffered because of injury. Uh, maybe, maybe. And I'll, I'll tell you what, as I was listening to the game yesterday, they have a, an official sleep sponsor. They have a, a mattress sponsor of the Bron- Denver Broncos radio. And uh, at first I was thinking, you know, if this was a sleep aid, I'd want my money back. I'm like, this, this team's putting people to sleep with their, with their offense in the first half. But being that it is a mattress, you know, I'm I'm getting sleepy. I could use a mattress. Where should I go? Uh, It actually made a lot of sense because yeah, you you do need a a couple of coffees because not only is being bad, bad enough, but when you're bad and boring, you know, and, and uninspired, that's when you that's when you lose the the fan base you lose you've lost everything y'all heard me say a hundred times what's worse than anger is apathy and if you don't make a change next week you risk losing more you've already lost a good percentage of this fan base to being eh, i got other things i can go do than watch this team um is is the apathy and you you're you're forced to make a change Listen up, Broncos country. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah, um, definitely a... Definitely a tough team to watch right now, but this was going to be tough with the uh, all the people on reserve list and the Broncos. A lot of people, I think, already looking at the door for the season changing over. But uh, that's that's what happens when you're not a playoff team at this point. Broncos did play meaningful football in December, which I said was my goal number one this offseason. They didn't play a week more of meaningful football this year, but uh, it's uh, here we are, and Broncos are picking 11th. They can pick anywhere from the seventh overall pick in the draft all the way down to 14. So there's your range. We'll see what happens next week. We got J.J. Johnson in the house saying, good morning, Broncos country. Morning, Nick and Scott. Last game of the season. Can't hold anything back now. Um, <laughs> we do need some Bobby Boucher out there. And uh, Mike, Michael, Michael Parsons looking at Bobby Boucher out there this year. He's been killing it. Leroy Williams. Drew Locke looked good yesterday despite on, on what he was working with. I would bring him and treat him like a rookie, bring him back and look, treat him like a rookie, draft another quarterback to battle it out in camp and pick up another vet. I will not trade away all my draft capital. We are not getting Rodgers or Wilson. Um, well, I think you got to try with Rodgers or Wilson. If those two guys are available, you need to at least make the call. Maybe it doesn't work out, but um, this is the Broncos tried last year with uh, Matt Stafford. Didn't work out, but they also tried you know, years ago with Peyton Manning and you never know unless you put yourself out there. So I think if those two guys become available, they are going to at least make a, a very competitive offer. Um, it'll take three to tango, not two, because it takes the quarterback and the opposing team in this situation. But um, I do think there's they're going to try, and from there we'll we'll pivot. I know one of the locked on guys that does locked on Falcons has uh, he, he threw out a mock today and had uh, Russell Wilson going to the Giants with the number five overall pick. The Giants have a decent bit of draft capital themselves. I think they've got two top ten picks coming into this into this year. Uh, my question was, you know, would Russell Wilson really want to go to the New York Giants? You know, maybe, uh, you know, I was surprised when Peyton, when uh, Eli wanted to go to the Giants over the Chargers, you know, like, because, because coming about that time, I'm not too far off the Dan Fouts, you know, Air Coriel bandwagon, beautiful weather in San Diego. Why would you want to go play with the Giants when you could play with, be a quarterback and go play in San Diego? Um, so nothing surprises me in this game. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of competition for Russell <laughs> Russell Wilson out there. This there's this narrative, and I don't know why around the in this in this group of pod that he's like falling off. My like, good lord, his falling off is still better than anything you've seen in years. Yes, he's worth it. Yeah, I think the Eli Manning situation. There was something there with one of the head coaches or the general I manager. I think there was, was a, Arch a Manning. coaching. I think there was a, a personality conflict of sorts yeah. at the time. Maybe Pretty, it, was, it worked out fairly well for everybody. Yeah. Um. Or I think they took. I think they got Philip Rivers and like Ladanian Tomlinson out of it or something. I don't. I don't remember exactly what it was. Um. Chargers were involved in a couple of big trades where yeah. Drew Brees, Ladanian Tomlinson, Michael Vick. I think they had the number one overall at that time. So. 
The Chargers mm-hmm. were a hub there for a couple years. I get those mixed up. We got Kalon Green coming in here. Yo, good good morning to you. We got Kelly's in the house too. Good morning, Broncos fans. DBA, I have a terrible fear that the coaches, or at least Vic, doesn't get fired due to the ownership situation. Yeah, the ownership situation really makes this uh, interesting for Denver uh, because obviously they're not going to really change over that ownership situation until late spring, early summer. But you'd have to think that a lot of this is already wheels are in motion and there's some back channels where whoever is most likely to win the ownership situation is at least giving like a, you know, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Like you can't say anything, but you can laugh react to the the tweet that I, or the, uh, the text that I send you situation. So I do think that these guys are going to get fired. I'll tell you who needs to get fired. Uh, Should have left them in Los Angeles. Uh, Tom McMahon. God bless you, man. Good luck with the rest of your life, whatever, whatever, wherever it is. Maybe you can have a good gig. I know he's really close with Pat McAfee who does that making money on the Pat McAfee show. I think Tom McMahon might even be a producer to that show or something. Tom, good luck to you because my God, with special teams again, we can talk defense. We can talk offensive line. Three special teams plays in this game where it's like you're pulling your hair out saying WTF. And I know that um, the bug ravaged the Broncos, which makes it hard with the special teams units because that's that's one of the ones that's going to have the, the most turnover. But like the k- opening kickoff. Terrible muffed punt. Terrible kickoff for a touchdown. Terrible. You, that's that's three. That's a season's worth of bad. Say, that's a play. season's worth right there. You're right. <clears throat> right there. Tom, get out of here, Tom. I'm sorry. I'm sure. I hope he's a real person. Uh, he got he's got some humanity, but like you've run out of nine. Your cat's nine lives. You're, you're done. Get out of here. I, I'm so fed up with special teams. Yeah. And speaking <sighs> of uh, fed up with offensive line play, uh, Kevin V, I'm not sure how to pronounce pronounce your last name. Help me out with that one, and I'll, I'll get it right next time, I hope. Um, but he says, hey, y'all, me and Nick talked through Twitter, but would it be a tad extra if the Broncos took two tackles with our top 100 picks? Penning and Cross look solid. Um, I think taking two tackles would be a little bit much, unless one of them can you know, be an interior line also. Um, I think with the money that you owe Bowles, he's, he's not – going anywhere I've, i haven't checked his dead cap your your dead cap situation isn't nearly as bad but bowls is serviceable in that i would want to use i definitely want to go after right tackle for me that's arguably the that and edge are the two biggest needs for me on this team um but i think bowls is still serviceable even if he's expensive that you can you can use that money's not really a problem with this team yet that you can use though that other pick somewhere else yeah garrett bowls doesn't really make sense to move on from until Gosh, and maybe even after the 2023 season where he can save you 16 million, but only 4 million dead cap before that, you don't get that much relief um, comparative to the dead cap. But you're talking about not only two tackles here in the top 100, those are probably two tackles with your first and second round pick with uh penning and cross heck cross might not even make it to your first round pick and penning might not even make it to your second round pick. So uh, if the board stacks up away where the tackle is the best player available and you're keeping all your top five, 100 picks, I don't have an issue going uh tackle two multiple times. I mean, I think he nailed it where if you can have a tackle who has some guard flexibility too, all the better. But um, throughout a season, you're going to use seven to eight offensive linemen. So I think people don't appreciate the depth enough on that unit. Um, and it's something that you need to attack as well, because one weakness on that line can sink a game and you're going to be seven or eight deep throughout the season. So to get those guys in there, um, I can't remember who it is. There's some draft analyst out there who talks about it. It's when you make a fire, you don't want to just wait till the fire is dead and have to rebuild it every time. You want to keep it and put a log on the fire. That's what trench play is. You want to continually feed it, feed the stove, uh, so that way it's still burning bright. And uh, if the Broncos took two tackles because they are BPA, then that would be amazing. I would have no issue with it. You're looking to go elsewhere. Um, but if the board dictates that, again, hashtag team draft good players. So thank you, Kevin, and good morning to you. Yeah, <clears throat> and, and coming into this week's game, 
Uh, the Broncos don't really have anything to play for except pride, which is a big deal, especially when you're going against a rival. Uh, I haven't looked. I know with the Chiefs' loss, I'm not sure how far you could knock them down. I don't think you could knock them out. They've, they've sewed up a spot. You know, what does a loss to them mean, really? How much of a spoiler can you play? But would you bother playing your best players against the Chiefs only to risk them injured? And Peter, appreciate the, the stars this morning on Facebook. Uh, yeah, you play, you, you play to win. You, you play this one to win. You're playing for next year. These are auditions for players. These are auditions for coaches. Um, there's a reason why you hear uh, Vic Fangio throwing the, the offense under the bus the last several weeks. Now, um, the Huddle Up pod guys like to say that that's a Teddy Bridgewater thing. I actually think it's more of a Pat Shermer thing, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I think it's him distancing, distancing himself from that hire, knowing that Shermer, no matter what, is gone. And trying to make excuses for the next uh, interview that he gives. You know, hey, I made a mistake with this hire and it didn't work out and it really cost us. What I hear is offense, 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 not Drew, Drew, Drew. When I listen to these um, listen to these press conferences, so every time I hear offense, I hear Shermer, not necessarily Drew. So if you think of it that way, it starts making – it starts making – looking at it that way instead of the quarterback situation, I start hearing different things. So – would I play my best players against the Chiefs? Yeah, I absolutely would. Play this one to win. These these guys are, you know, you've got guys that are fighting for jobs, fighting for jobs for next year, fighting for contracts for next year. They want to play. And Nick, did you freeze up on me? Because you've got a silly look on your face. So let me remove Nick and we'll come back in. <laughs> so one on a monologue there and wasn't too sure. So um, it's just me for the time being. And I saw Ethan come back in here also. Uh, let me scroll down a little bit, <clears throat> and we'll get um, his take on that. Here we go with the the eighty one eighty one. Why can't fan appreciate you, Ethan, over in London? Uh, why can't Fangio, Pat Shermer, and I'm not even positive his name, the special teams coach, I think it's Tom McMahon, be more like Antonio Brown and just leave? That was that was a good super last night that I got a kick out of. Um, that I saw that I saw last night too, and you know, yes. You watch Antonio Brown and you start worrying about the mental health of some of these players. It's kind of a funny thing, funny, not so funny, but you know, there's obviously, you know, he ain't all there and you, you know, it it hits a little bit closer to home down here in Atlanta with Calvin Ridley. And you don't know if he's just like, listen, I don't, I don't want to play anymore or it's a substance abuse problem. You don't know any of these things, but you know, I don't want to see him turn Antonio Brown. I don't want to see him turn Everson Griffin and all these things, but yeah, uh, my friend Andrew Hawkins played in the league for a little bit um, as a really funny personality. Now he tweeted out best retirement announcement of all time. Um, I got a got a kick out of that one. <clears throat> but why can't they just leave? Because um, they have contracts that will pay them out to be fired. Why would I just quit when you can fire me and get paid? If I quit, I don't get paid. That doesn't make any sense. I'm not quitting. You're gonna have to fire me. Um, that's why, you know, they they don't quit. They don't ever just resign. They make way too much money. There's way too much money involved uh, in here for them. But uh, appreciate the support um, of, of uh, Ethan, as always. Uh, Lawrence is coming in. And let's see, that was three minutes ago, which would be 946. So Lawrence is down here a little bit. <clears throat> um, he says, but fire Elway if you want to be accountable for once. That's where we should start. Who gets a raise to be the head of the front office when he had five bad losing years? Now he has a say in everything that goes on. I think we can finally call it quits with him. What do you guys think? Um, I think he's on his way out. You know, the only way I think his contract is up in this offseason, and Lawrence, appreciate the stars. Um, he's on his way out. He's done. 
So the only way that John Elway has a say in Broncos football moving forward, uh, one, through you know positive press, people are still going to listen to him. Uh, if he's at a game, the camera's going to go right to him and the, the microphones are going to go right to him. But two, if he's part of an ownership deal, if he's part of an ownership deal, he might have more of a say than he ever has. So think about that when you start thinking, who do we want as our new owners? Do we want it to be a John Elway guy? Um, if you think that John Elway is a big part of the problems that Denver Broncos country has had over the last several years, your answer is probably no. I don't want John Elway to be involved because he would be the football guy. The money guys, they made their money in Silicon Valley somewhere. What the hell do they know about football and running a team? They're going to look to a football guy. And who better than Denver's Broncos icon, John Elway? So there's your football guy uh, right there. Uh, Shane coming in just a little bit below. They call it the aviator. Shane, I actually, uh, you might or might not find this interesting, I actually have a pilot's license. Uh, I was working on my uh, my instrument at uh, in college Long, long time ago. I haven't flown in a long time. I, uh, it's, uh, it's no coincidence that I've been sober just about as long as that I stopped flying. <laughs> Those things don't mix very well. Um, but uh, I know that Chad likes to call you the aviator, so I think that's very cool. That was something that, uh, that was kind of a, a dream job of mine. Um, <clears throat> but Shane comes in and says, good morning, Nick and Scott. Drew Locke did well, as did Fanton Sutton. In my, in my opinion... Locke should have started from the beginning. I like his ability to create explosive plays. Still needs to work on making reads pre-snap. He could have been better with different coaching staff that knows how to develop young QBs. Uh, I haven't seen anything this year since I've been watching. No, I didn't watch the Broncos last year. And he was he was bad last year. Broncos were bad last year. But I haven't seen anything this year that makes me think otherwise than what you just said. Um, appreciate the stars, Shane. I'm going to move this down here just a little bit. Uh, coming out of the, the preseason, you know, I think Nick and I both said at the same time, um, you know, w- when they were deciding on quarterback, I'd probably go with Drew Locke. Uh, I don't see enough separation between the two of them um, that you go with the younger guy, go with the incumbent, go with the guy you've got for, for two years. Now, obviously, uh, Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer didn't think that they could win with Drew Locke, and they had to win this year. They had to win it this year, and if they don't have any belief in their quarterback, then they weren't going to win this year. Um, it was what not necessarily the best situation in the world when you got a guy you, you can't – they could not afford to rebuild. They couldn't afford to get off to a slow start. They needed a guy that was going to come in and win those first couple games and give them a chance to make a playoffs. That's their thinking. Now, a lot of our thinking is probably – Drew Locke probably could have won those first three games as well. And he would have played better and better as the season wore on where a guy like Teddy at best is going to stay at the same level, maybe even drop off as he starts getting banged up a couple of concussions to, to go with that. Um, But when we talk about playing your best players right now, I think, I think Drew Locke gives you gives you a better chance to beat the Chiefs right now than Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater hasn't played in a little in, in a few weeks. Hasn't looked great in the previous weeks. Yeah, Drew Locke should be one of those guys. And Drew Locke absolutely wants to be out there. Um he's got a uh <clears throat> I posted the video of him talking about his shoulder injury. <clears throat> and he says, no way was I gonna sit on the sidelines for that. No way. I took a shot and get me right back in there. Uh that video is on the channel right now too. Hold on one second please. So the good news for, for Drew is 
he's under contract for he's the only quarterback under contract next year. So all of these things that we talk about, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, right now all these are just hypotheticals. Uh, we're going to take a guy in the draft. Who else could be getting free agency? There's only one guy right now that you absolutely could have next year for sure if you wanted him that's under your control. That's what I mean. I know that sounds a little odd. Could have maybe. Yeah. He's under your control next year. There's only one guy that you've got under your control next year, and that's Drew Locke. You've got every incentive in the world to make Drew Locke work. Who has more incentive than George Payton to make Drew Locke work? And he's the one that's going to be pulling the strings. So, yes, I think uh, having him go out and play again uh, next week would be the right thing to do, assuming his shoulder is good. He did have to get a, a, a shot to, to numb it up, as he said, and it was pretty numb after the fact, but says it is doing better. Um, and I, I think you got to go with a guy, even if you bring in a defensive-minded head coach, you're going to bring in a quarterback whisperer of sorts. You're going to bring in a guy who has a better, a not win now type, you know, so to speak, but somebody that you, you if unless you bring in your, your veteran quarterback, if you have Drew Locke and a, a young quarterback to come in, you're going to need somebody that's got a reputation for developing quarterbacks. That's, that's the way to go no matter what, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Miguel's coming back in here. Let me find Miguel down here. Just a couple slots. See, I'm usually doing this in the background. You know, normally it's like, you know, when Hitch is talking behind the door in the movie Hitch, it's like normally I've got me back here talking to my ear. Um, so I have to go back this way. Uh, Miguel says, I think our biggest needs have to be interior D-line and right tackle. Rough to watch running backs kill us. Um, and again, Miguel, appreciate the stars. Uh, the, the trenches, you know, coming into the season, and I know there's been some injuries, but you thought you were going to be better in the trenches. And watching I, I i let off the show with it watching the beginning of the show beginning of the show bidding bidding of the game to the end of the game every snap i would focus the first two seconds on where does the line reset you can tell where it resets like where does it stop so you've got the snap and then there's either a push and a hold or a stalemate and a hold or a push and a hold so where does the line reset after every snap and I bet you the Broncos lost 75% of the snaps uh, during that game. Whether it was on offense or defense, the Chargers were resetting the line of scrimmage on a po in a positive manner for them. Now, why? Okay, right guard, Dalton Reisner, I didn't see if he came back in. I know he was hurt. Uh, he hasn't played that great this year. Cushenberry is much better than the options, but he hasn't been that great this year. Miners? Uh, rookie ups and downs bulls. Yeah. He's been okay. He hasn't been great. And the right tackle eh, meh, kind of, again, he's been okay. Not great. Okay. Well, I didn't have really anything positive to say about anybody on the offensive line just now. That's, that's a problem. Um, the defensive line. Um, I know Shelby Harris gets a lot of stick, but I thought he played a decent game yesterday. Again, I'm watching on where you're resetting the line of scrimmage, and he was getting a push and hold. His job as a 3-4 defensive end is to occupy space, is to take on two blockers. And if he can do that without giving ground, he's doing his job. I thought he did a, a, a decent job out there. Um, Purcell, I see the Falcons have a, a Pennell at nose guard, and the, uh, the Broncos have a Purcell or vice versa. So I apologize if I mix those up. And they're both mics, I believe. Um so I get those guys confused, but the interior line Purcell is he's okay. 
again, a three, four, he, he's, he's okay, but he's not holding down that line and your job as a nose guard. It's a crap job. It really is. Your job is just to make sure that they don't move you. And if I can hold out an arm and get a guy for a tackle, then great. Um, again, and then on the edge, when we started this season, we were talking, we were salivating the idea of a healthy Von Miller, uh, a healthy Bradley Chubb. Well, that didn't happen. Instead, we're talking about rookies that are that are uh, showing showing well that we're excited about. But rookies are still rookies. You know, they're they're not all going to be Micah Parsons out there on the defensive end. Um, so yeah, we're excited about what we saw to Jonathan Cooper. Uh, you know, a guy like Weatherly has come in and played well, but we never got the full season of Bradley Chubb. Uh, we got a couple games from Von Miller, and then you're you're in your backups, and then your front seven. The, your linebacking core, including the two edge guys, have just been decimated this year. Now, if I am excited about one thing, I love Griffith. I, I love him. 6'4", 250 pounds, rookie out of Indiana State, played, I think I think I was listening to the guys on the Broncos um, broadcast yesterday, said he didn't even start playing until his senior year in high school. This guy's a baby. He's an absolute baby out there. He's, he doesn't know what he's what he's doing, and he's still out there making plays just on raw athleticism. Put him and Baron Browning next to each other, and 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 for me, this is the argument for bringing back a, a Josie Jewel type. I think Alexander Johnson is gone, but I would love to have a two or three million dollar uh, Josie Jewel come back and mentor these young linebackers, Baron Browning uh, and Griffith, and then and then see what happens with Kenny Young. But uh, I'm a big fan of that idea, and it wouldn't totally. It makes sense. It makes sense to do it. I like it when general managers do things that make a lot of sense. Um, let me scroll down here just a little bit. So Miguel, appreciate the stars again. Uh, Lawrence pops back in. Lawrence coming back in said, I'm really worried if we try to replace someone, we'll just go cheaper though. And it'll get worse. That's been the whole goal to get cheaper. Um, Lawrence was a little upset with the, with the general manager. And I don't know if you were going after Shermer yesterday or Elway after today, I think you're going after Elway. I think Shermer is an, uh, is doing a really good job. Um, if you, if you think that his worst move might be fuller, uh, his worst move might, might not, might not paying the price to get a quarterback to come in and compete with Drew. Okay. I get that. But overall, um, I think things are, are well, uh, and Clayton coming in and said, Scott solo, what's up? Nick froze about 15 minutes ago. And, uh, he's probably texted me and said, Hey, my, my computer died or something. Um, but, uh, I keep expecting him to pop back in here. Uh, but getting back to Lawrence, I'm really worried if we try and replace him, we'll just go cheaper. Uh, you know, that is a concern uh, to a little bit. When you start saying, look, we've got all of this cap room. Well, what are you using it on? So my biggest critique from what I know from the public of, of watching, y'all heard me say before, is why didn't you, why weren't you a little more aggressive at the right tackle position? You had the money. So when I start hearing about Melvin Gordon's contract, I haven't seen anybody that you have paid that has kept you from getting somebody else because you've got salary cap room. So the contracts right now aren't really an issue. You know, we paid all this money to Sutton and, and, and Patrick, and we're not using them. Well, one, that's for next year, and that's for the next three years. And two, that didn't come up on this, on this, uh, this draft cycle, this salary cycle. And three... Oh, on three, what was my third point on here? It's hard doing this by yourself sometimes. Um, my third point on this is paying them didn't cost you anything else. So that that's that's my idea of 
when you're getting cheaper, are you still willing to spend the money? And that's, I think that's what your concern is too, Lawrence. And that makes sense. If you're, it, it doesn't do any good to save the money if you're not going to spend the money when you come out and get it. But it, it looks like everything's been lined up to make that run at that quarterback for sure, to make a run at a quarterback in this offseason. Uh, I'm going to scroll down a little bit, make sure I don't miss any supers here. And then uh, Lawrence came back in. And then uh, I'll, I'll hit Juan. Juan Espinoza coming in here. says, I hate to say this, but I don't think Vic is going anywhere because of the ownership situation. You know, I disagree. I, I really do. I just, the ownership isn't as big a deal as some of y'all. And, and I typed it in the background yesterday. I think the concern is, I think we're all afraid to end up with Daniel Snyder. <laughs> you know, that's that's the, <laughs> the biggest fear. Excuse me. So what's the worst case scenario when you're talking about new ownership? My God, just make sure I don't get a Daniel Snyder. And I'm not talking about <clears throat> any of the off the field problems. Forget, you know, forget that part. That didn't even come into my mind when I said, I don't want Daniel Snyder. You don't want a pushy, arrogant, know nothing, put your nose in everybody's business, run your franchise into the ground owner. <clears throat> that's what you got with Daniel Snyder. And then, and that's, those are his positive qualities. It gets worse from there. Um, that's the exception. I, I don't know, feel like I could name three quarters of the owners in the NFL. They're, they're just behind the scenes. Most of them, these are investments. They're not van, they're, they're vanity plays at, at best. Uh, a lot of times they're just a part of a, a you know, a number on a spreadsheet to a, a billion dollar corporation. So I don't think it's that big a deal, but you, you will know for sure if, if Monday comes around, and George Payton hasn't made that move, you know something's up because there's no reason at all to go past Black Monday with this with this uh with this uh coaching staff unless Juan something is up. So we'll get the answer to that um hopefully before you know in a week. We'll we'll get the answer to that in a week. Um let me scroll down here a little bit. And oh Richard. Richard from Germany, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he says, did the Bolts beat us in the trenches uh, besides on special teams? Are the players two batters, but mainly a coaching problem? He needs to go. Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, and or Tom McMahon. <clears throat> I think it's the and uh, across across that. Um, you might find some people that would stick up for Vic Fangio. There's not going to be many of them. You're not going to find anybody to stick up for Pat Shermer, and you're not going to find anybody to stick up for Tom McMahon. <clears throat> I need some help here. I'm losing my voice. So, um, make sure I hit mute. Did the Bolts beat us in the trenches? Yes, they did. And part of that can be scheming, too. When you become very obvious, when you become predictable, and, you know, one thing I notice about the lineups that, that how the, the team lines up, even when you're in four wide, everybody is so tight. I keep hearing three wide in a bunch formation. It's like everybody's always inside the numbers, and it's always super tight. And even if you're four wide – Everybody's still crammed in the box and spread them out. That's what the spread formations are for. You know, you've got your, your farthest wide receiver out wide and a four man sets in a slot position. So it's just, it's a jumbled mess. So can, will this, could this offensive line pay play better with better offensive play calling and coordination? Yes, I believe it can. Should you go out and try and fortify the trenches and get backups at center, you know, competition, 
for, for starting positions at center and guard and right tackle. Yes. Yes, you should. You should do both. So, but I, I think you're going to have a clean sweep on Monday. Um, Richard and appreciate, appreciate the super chat on YouTube for sure. Let me see. I'm going to scroll down here just a little bit. Lauren, Nick is actually calling me right now. <laughs> uh, sorry, Nick, you know what I'm doing right now. I can't take that phone call. Um, Lawrence says, uh, and I missed this one. I can't quite find this one on the chat. So uh, are you aware that they froze him out not to let him reach his incentive and his contract worth 330,000? Uh, I am not aware. Let me see why he's calling one second, everybody. Internet just crashed. I'm just going to say holding down the fort. And sorry for those of you who are listening after the fact, we're having some technical difficulties here. Um, scroll down here peter milton here's a good question peter comes in and says peter what are the the positives from the uh from the chargers game positive from the chargers game right here uh positives from the chargers game i thought drew Locke's play was a positive um there's you know he wasn't perfect by any means uh i'd like to see his his pre-snap reads i'd like to know his pre-snap reads i'd like to see him a little bit more poised under surefire passing situations when you know that the, the pressure's coming. You, you see him, he's happy feet a little bit. You know, Peyton Manning, it was okay when you're a Peyton Manning at happy feet. If you're not Peyton Manning at happy feet, it makes you look a little nervous. Um, I don't know what the third down conversions were, but it didn't seem very, it didn't seem very good. Um, but I thought Drew Locke's play overall was a positive. Um, the uh, inside linebackers play, again, I thought he played uh, the the number fifty Griffith. I thought he played really, really well, and just coming out of nowhere again, six foot four, two hundred fifty pounds, and and able to play like that when he is really new to the game. That again, I would love to have someone like Javon uh, Josie Jewell teach him how to play the game, come in and and, and put him under his wing for a year, and l- then let Griffith play for the next ten years for the Denver Broncos. So I was uh, very. Very pleased to see that. Um, Seth Williams. <laughs> How about a little callback when we were talking about who are some of the guys that you, you're hoping you might see be a sleeper in this class? Seth Williams is a physical. He's 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 very he's physically capable of playing at a high level in this league. He really is. Um, playing at Auburn, I'm not sure he was ever really coached up on the intricacies of playing wide receiver. So having him on this on the practice squad and get a chance to get his feet wet in this game was great. You you got a glimpse of what he's capable of. Um, for me, that was a a, a little bit of a, a positive. And I'll also go with Noah Fant. Uh, Noah Fant getting the him the ball in motion, crossing routes, seam routes, getting the ball with his feet already moving is how you use Noah Fant. Don't have him turn around and do a five yard button hook and hit him and try and have him juke some way up the field. No. Momentum. Was it velocity times mass equals momentum? He's big. He's fast. Get him going. So having him in the, on a crossing route or in the scene where his feet were already moving and could use that straight line speed of his is the way to use Noah Fant. And uh, I thought that was a positive for sure. Here we go. Oh, and Shane says, I have a, a private instrument and multi and multi instrument two rings. Good for you. That's a, that's a, for going back to the flying con uh, discussion, that's a that's a lot of work putting in here. 
uh, to, to get those ratings. Um, I had about a hundred hours when I stopped working on my instrument. And if I were to ever go back, I would get my instrument for sure. Um, just for safety reasons, the weather can change so quickly. Uh, falling sloth comes in and says, so Scott, with that said on the O-line being bad across the board, which slot should we prioritize replacing? I no longer left tackle is no longer emphasized as it was. So which slot is most valuable to an upgrade right tackle? It's gotta be, it's gotta be right tackle. That's, that's where I'm looking. One, if I've got a high pick and you will, there's a chance you could have a top 10 pick, um, top 15, you know, for sure, not for sure, but pretty, pretty sure you're looking in the top 15. There's going to be some guys there. Um, and I see Nick popping back in now. You have to go on the right now, Nick. Um, I was trying to message you, uh, if you sent it to my phone, my wife is working on the Wi-Fi now. Now I'm using my phone as a hotspot. So hopefully it's working at all. Seems, seems to be doing okay. Okay. Um, I well, need the you... backup. My I talk for 30 minutes straight. My voice gives out. So I need, I, I, I don't talk all day on this so i need all the help i can get I, I type i type messages to people and text people i don't talk this much the only time i'm talking is when i'm on with y'all um well, i'm gonna get it working I think... here via my phone and uh either way you're doing a great job holding down the fort and uh, i appreciate you um and uh, people in the chat who are uh living by and saying answer nick scott um it's it's uh we're gonna figure it out but um, i will be right back i promise i'm gonna use my phone because the wife is plugging away on the internet which is looks like it's completely crashed Okay. <laughs> um, but for me on, on this one, the, the, the place you got to go tackle, I, I think you got to go tackle. You want to use a high pick there and with 11 picks, I think it makes sense. There's big me again. That's scary. Uh, with 11 picks, you're not going to take, you don't want to necessarily take 11 players. You can stash some players onto, onto the practice squads and stuff, but I think you're better off taking some of those lower picks and moving up and getting a better player, getting a better prospect and, and try and hit the interior line. For, for some of those guys in the third and fourth round, they are out there. Um, they're out there for sure. Um, let me scroll down here a little bit. Oh, Travis Tarbucks is here also. Um, good morning, Travis. Let me scroll down and see if I can catch up a little bit. And then uh, <laughs> Ethan says, okay, send me a, send me a link to join on my email. We'll join by phone. I think he has already gotten that. See, I'm behind. I'm way behind when we start doing it this way. Um, and I can do that. Invite. I think he's found it by now. Copy clipboard. And then I'll go, Nick. I'm sorry, y'all. But you know what? We're family here, right? So <laughs> that was uh, what's funny going on there. Um, Wave hands, Nick Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> okay see so when you're when you're by yourself you're you're you get on the chat and sometimes when you see like spammers come in on the really busy chats i can be 40 minutes behind trying to make sure that we're putting supers in so i'm typing in the background guys we're 30 minutes behind on showing supers yeah you don't care i know let's get back to the to the chat and hit uh hit some of the questions i know miguel had asked uh what are your thoughts on fan i, I gave you he was one of my pauses miguel for sure um he was definitely one of one of my positives. Uh, not really that tough to figure that out. Okay, here we are in the chat. Scott, Nick needs an email. Um, is that was as I told y'all, Facebook gets more attention than YouTube on here. That's not true. That's not true at all. Come on now. Oh, here's Miguel from Facebook. So what are your thoughts on Fant? He looked like the first round pick. He should have been all season. Does it have to do with Locke? Um, 
maybe, but you know, Teddy's perfectly capable of hitting that touchdown pass that Drew Locke threw, which wasn't, it was, that was more about the route and getting him in motion. And it was a fairly short pass. And it was right on the money from Drew Locke. That's not a hard throw. That's not a, that's not a real hard throw. So, and I, I'm not trying to disparage Locke. I know y'all think about this too. Don't, don't read too much into that comment. What I'm saying is that has to do with Pat Shermer getting Fant into the right spots to make a play, not on the quarterback. Um, so uh, having him use, and now we got to add him to the stream. And now it's Nick Kendall, here. everybody. Nick oh Kendall, God. everyone. Ah, well, thank you for Biden by and holding down the fort there for a second, Scott. Hopefully you can hear me. Um, and uh, I'll have to let you be in charge of the comments and whatnot. But uh, we made it via the phone. I had to use my phone as a hotspot, get the link, send it to myself, add it on my phone. So. Uh, we made it. Of course, email wasn't pulled up, so I sent it to you on uh, Twitter because it was easier to pull up that chat. But here we are. Hello, everybody. Well, and that's why, you know, we have producers for most shows, which is usually me. I, I was using the hits re- Hish reference. You know, normally, you know, I don't have me talking behind my ear like this, saying this is what you have yeah. to say when he's all nervous. Um, so let me, uh, but there's one, here's the one that I wanted to hit for sure. Uh, Rock Like Angus. That's definitely a new... Uh, a new name for us on on YouTube, so appreciate it. And uh, with a very generous super chat, he comes says, "Do you think the Broncos consider taking a corner with the high number one p- pick to bookend with Patrick or uh, Patrick Sertan? I think Patrick. I immediately think last names. Then fix the OL in the second and third rounds. Have enjoyed watching you guys all year. Well, appreciate you being here. Thanks for the comment. And Nick, I know you cringe almost every time. You almost say it like, "Don't throw anything at me," but I'm going to say this. Corner could be the way to go. So this is this is your baby. Hit it. Yeah, no. I mean, draft good players. The Broncos need good players across the board, and you don't ever draft for the immediate following season. It's about building a good team overall for the next five-plus years. And the Broncos picking in the 7-14 to 14 range, very good chance the best player on the board when they're picking at that spot is indeed a cornerback. You have, obviously, Derek Stingley Jr., who was – Lauded as one of the best freshman cornerbacks ever that year the LSU went on the run. Um, he was incredible. Uh, he's been injured, but I mean, he's still going to go top 10 this season. He's just too, too smooth, too big, too long. Um, Andrew Booth from Clemson is another guy to keep an eye on. Really, really talented uh, convert from wide receiver, I believe. And then uh, I'm sure you watch the college football playoffs this week. Uh, Ahmed Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati also looks really, really talented. Uh, so if the Broncos best player available when they're on the board, they can't find a quarterback they want to trade for or can't trade back. Um, I think that's a very, honestly, a very viable solution. And then you look at the Broncos current roster, Ronald Darby um, injured almost every single season uh, after next season. He's really easy to move on from. You have no idea what you have in Michael Ujimudia. And after that, the talent falls off a cliff. So cornerback, uh, I think, is very much a viable position to look at. And it's also a very valuable position. Well, the way that the team spreads you out now, especially playing out West, for goodness sakes. Like yeah. I said, I mentioned Eric Coriel and the San Diego Chargers not that long ago. It's not that different with Mahomes and Derek Carr um, and, uh, and and Justin Herbert right now. That They, they want to throw the ball. They want to move the ball around a lot. And one, you can never have enough corners just because you're covering five receivers. Uh, two, like you just mentioned, injuries and whatnot can decimate your depth in a hurry. Yeah. And kind of like the offensive line, if you've got one hole at corner, he's going to get picked on. There's only one ball. 
You know, yeah. so I, I only need I only need one target. We talk about finding the right receivers. I only need one that I need to that I need open on every play. And if if I've got a big hole at cornerback, so yeah, um, I think I think going corner is a viable option. And then using uh, using some second third round picks to to hit the offensive line is an option for sure. Assuming that those guys are the the right guys on the board again, you don't want to reach that. That's yeah. when you run into trouble. And um, you know, Nick and I have, have gone back and forth on this one a little bit. Where you know, I, I I think the the phrase "best available player" can be nonsense at times because the best available player is so subjective and it's so unpredictable that just throwing that out there as if it's gospel is 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 silly. Um, yeah. But drafting for need, if you're reaching for guys that you don't think are there, is also not what you want to do. So what what you want to do is you want to trust your board, and if it's close, you want to try and meet a need. You want to you want to try and, and meet a need on it's like okay I've got a I've got a wide receiver and a quarterback a defensive tackle and offensive guard these four guys I think are all pretty similar and I'm picking next what do I need the most that's where I I, I try and match need with my draft board uh, and again uh, Rock Lake Angus certainly appreciate the super um, we went back into it earlier uh, was asked you know what were some of the positives Shane weighs in. He says Lockett QB, Fant somehow has the ability to turn up field and get some yards after the catch. And Sutton actually became a difference maker. Sutton did have a, a, a solid game, but we hit on the I hit on two of those three for sure on, on offense. When I said I thought Locke uh was a positive. Uh, again, if you can rein him in, there's a there's an old phrase that I like here in the South. Uh they say it's a whole lot easier to put a bit in his mouth than a boot in his ass. Meaning it's easier to take a to rein somebody back a little bit than it is to try and teach somebody that is lazy to work hard. And it's easier to rein Drew Locke in a little bit than it is to try and teach somebody to have a big arm. So he's been reined in. I think he's been reined in. That's a, what, three you know three straight games, Nick, without a, without a turnover? Yeah, he definitely had some uh, turnover-worthy throws in this game. Uh, two dropped interceptions in that first or second quarter. Um, and his footwork and mechanics, uh, especially when he senses pressure, it tends to fall back and loses a touch. I think you saw that in the last half. Uh, but overall, I thought Drew Locke had a solid game. Um, it was not as good as his Raiders game. Um, but, yeah, you know, this game does not – I do not put it on Drew Locke. Uh, you talk about Sutton getting more involved, Fan getting more involved. Also, I think there's variables for that. I mean, Sutton tends to really get an offensive explosion when Jerry Judy isn't playing. Not only wasn't Jerry Judy not playing, but you also had Tim Patrick not playing, so the target's got to go to Sutton. And with Fant, um, the Chargers were missing Kenneth Murray and another linebacker, I believe. So uh, I think there's reason for those guys sticking out like they did statistically, um, even though the, on the whole I don't, I'm not putting too much, too much value on the single game output. And uh, and Joel Juarez coming in here with a with back to back comments I want to hit of uh, kind of a new name. Uh, says, "What about Javante Williams? You think he should be the number one running back? Get rid of Gordon. Gordon's a free agent, so he'll be gone. Um, and I think that was kind of the plan this year, is you know let them work together, and then you've got your your true number one. But yeah, I think Javante Williams should should get the as as the season wore on should get the lion's share of the most important carries. Uh, and then uh, he also says, I think we should." Uh, build with Drew Locke, Teddy performed very low for the amount of money we spent on him. And that's one I want to try and correct because you got Teddy Bridgewater for a song. You, you didn't spend anything on him. Uh, yeah. It was like $4 million in a sixth or seventh round draft pick. That's zero. When we start talking about three first round draft picks for a franchise quarterback and you got him for 4 million and a sixth, you didn't spend anything on Teddy Bridgewater. That was one of the things 
that made it very viable for you. He didn't cost you anything and he doesn't cost you anything next year. So yeah. roll the dice. It was a, it was a kind of a low risk, low reward type of move, which again, that doesn't get anybody very excited, but I uh, appreciate the comments, Joel. Well, yeah, thank, thanks, Joel. I think if you bring, if Drew Ock is back next year, it's going to be the same exact situation as this season where you're talking about instead of T Teddy Bridgewater, it's a Tyrod Taylor, it's a Andy Dalton situation, and you're having a new coaching staff. So they have, you know, no feelings about the previous play of Drew Ock, at least personally, um, which might be a factor in Denver right now. But I think you're probably ending up for a, a slightly different route to the same outcome, a team that's winning seven to nine games. And uh, with only one year left of Drew Locke, I, I'm ready for the whole team to move on from Locke. I'm ready for Locke to move on from this team. Mm -hmm. I think that it's, it's a, heading for a clean break. Everybody's saying, you know, we gave it the old college try. Uh, God bless you and good luck wherever. What's next to you? We need to try something new here. And I think that'd be best for all parties. And I think it'd be best for this fan base as well. And Richie, isn't that a great phrase? You know, when you're looking, when you're looking for talent, you know, who, who's the guy that wants to go get more? Who's the guy that's always, you're always trying to slow down. It's like, just pump the brakes a little bit, kid. You'll be all right. So it's a whole lot easier to put a, a bit in his mouth and a boot in his ass. You know, find somebody with a high motor. And that goes for pretty much all walks of life. That's what I'm always looking for. Who's who's the high motor guy out there uh, or girl out there that's going to put in the work? We can, we, can, we can rein them in a little bit. Ambition's a good thing, despite the fact that the NFL punishes ambition and rewards losing. But that's a different story that you've heard me say before. Uh, Lawrence was talking about Antonio Brown and the 330K, mm -hmm. freezing him out of uh, incentives uh, for Antonio Brown that he could have earned. Would you sign Antonio Brown to this team? Nope. No, I would not. I don't want the distraction. You've got enough wide receivers, plain and simple. Whether or not it's his fault or not, there's other ways to go. If I'm the Atlanta Falcons and I'm running out there with Russell Gage and Alameda Zacchaeus, maybe. <laughs> maybe <laughs> but as i'm trying to build something i don't know that i want the distraction there with antonio brown either he's he's not worthy again like hawk said if you can look up hawk on twitter andrew hawkins says this is the greatest retirement announcement of all time yeah he if I'm, if he's coming anywhere he needs to come with a psych evaluation because he's got some uh real i have real concern for his mental health and what's going on there with his stability so uh hopefully he figures out and he can um, be be healthy and safe well, and yeah, because right now you're like, oh yeah, that's, you know, you almost kind of laugh, you know, oh, he's, he's having a temper tantrum out there and it's kind of funny. Well, what happens in 10 years when he's out of the spotlight? Yeah. You know, what happens when nobody cares about Antonio Brown anymore? Um, what then, you yeah. know, what happens when no one's willing to go the extra mile to keep him on the field? Because that's mm -hmm. all they really care about right now is what he can, what they can give him. What happens to Antonio Brown there? That That's what scares me. Going back to the breakfast club, go take a look at John Bender in 10 years if you want to see something funny. You know, that's that's what scares me about the whole situation. And I, I hope he I hope he's okay. You know, um, yeah. the pressure in the spotlight might not be good for him. And once he's out of it, he might be fine. Uh, but, it, you know, it, I hope he, he puts some money in the bank and and has a nice cushy life the rest of the way. It reminds me, and this is also, you know, we make opinions and form our knowledge going forward based on past experiences. It reminds me a lot of Brandon Marshall uh, before he was diagnosed with his bi uh, bipolar disorder, where he was just having absolute shit fits on the sideline and like taking the ball from the ball boy and like punting it in practice. Um, I don't know, wide receivers are divas, blah, blah, blah. You got to be a little bit different maybe to be in that situation anyways. But it just really, and I'm not a psychologist, psychiatrist, but I just hope that 
whatever's going on with Antonio Brown um, is figured out and he can mm-hmm. rein it in and be okay. Because it's, uh, that to me just screams as somebody who's having a mental health crisis. And Travis comes in with some scars and says, you guys don't see a new coaching staff coming and actually, you know, building with Drew. Uh, I, I think it's, I'm not going to say no right off the back, but you know, would you, would you want to come in right now as a new coach and say, that's my building block? I don't, I don't, I don't see enough out of him and say, you know, if think of it this way, if, if you're interviewing for that job and you see this roster and you see the draft picks and gen, the general manager says to you, we, we want to offer you the job, but you've got to start Drew Locke as your quarterback. What do you say? I say, thanks, but no, thanks. I got to use Drew Locke and beat Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes four times a year. Gives All you right, pause, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, think about it. Think about it that way. Ask that question. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not saying no, but I, I certainly would say that there's no guarantees. I think he's in a really good situation where he'll get a fresh start on a one-year deal. Yeah. And he's got, and he's got the, like, like I said, the biggest advantage he's got is he's the only quarterback under contract. So will somebody else come in? Yeah. Um, and you know, frankly, if you, if you go on to, uh, I think it should, it should publish here in just a minute. Um, on Mile High Huddle, um, the the title of the video is Drew Lock sends message to fans. If you go watch that video, I think I set it to go live here in four minutes, the half hour, um, where he's talking about you know the the love he has for his teammates and the compassion for the fans. It's like, man, yeah, that's a guy I want to I want to play 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 floor and play with. More of that. Um, that he's got a chance. I, I do. I, I do think he has a chance. Yeah, and I mean. If the Broncos cannot go out there and get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, I think Drew Locke versus a Mariota Dalton Tyrod Taylor situation is viable for a one-year season. I don't know if the fan base has the mental resolve at this point to see that and accept that, which I wouldn't blame them after the last six seasons of ineptitude at the quarterback position. Uh, but our overall ineptitude um, this year at least has been bordering on league average, but you know, it is what it is. The end result has been the same. Uh, so I think that, you know, if they do keep Locke, hopefully he wins and hopefully he shows enough. But I think that what is Locke going to be 26 next year, last year of his contract, there's no way that he has done enough or shown enough over start, starts over three separate seasons where he's a guy that I want to be anything but a, a flyer status on with, you know, yeah, like a speed where, dating kind of thing. Yeah, where you don't know, where you just say, yeah. okay, this is, we'll give him a chance. Sure. We want to bring yeah. in some guys and may the best man win and, and do it legitimately. You know, um, I, I don't, I don't, I feel like that that quarterback competition was over the minute Teddy was signed and the rest was just lip service. I, I do believe that um, from from what we saw. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that uh, Teddy. I think he was going to hit a button and hit the wrong one and hit the cancel button. So um, I appreciate everybody being here with us today. Uh, it's a new year with new problems. Um so on that note, uh, I'm going to give him just a second, but I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, I was going to, I was going to chop some news. There we go. I was going to drop some news while you were gone just to, to fill some airtime. I'll, I'll go ahead and do it anyway. Today's okay. my birthday. So happy birthday to me, January 3rd. Happy birthday, Scott. So <laughs> I needed, I needed something to kill an extra minute as we were getting out of here and my voice is getting out. So. Uh, this one's kind of a purgatory birthday. It's uh, it's 49 for the first time. So mm. the next one, the next one's a big one. And there is no sugarcoating 50. 
you know, I was okay with 40. Man, 50 just sounds you're 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 an old dude at that point at 50. You know, 40 was okay. 50, uh, 50. So one Not more good. year, one more year. I'm gonna enjoy well, my thank- 40s for one more year. Thank you for putting up with me. I can't uh, look anything up or leave the uh, the stream here without it uh, completely crashing. So lesson learned. Haven't ever done it on the phone before, but uh, we'll have to figure out the internet after this. And I'm thank you for holding down the fort for your for your birthday. Thank I mean heck, thanks for joining us today on your birthday. I, you'd have been totally viable saying, you know, I'm gonna take today off after that uh, abomination of a Broncos loss that we saw. And if there's any resolve for us going forward, I think we'll hopefully see even better, uh, even a better football product next season. So uh, that's gonna be the gift, Scott. Yeah, it's uh well th- this this community is uh, it again I've said it before and I'm not just blowing smoke the coffee helps for sure I call it caffeinated bliss but you know it's kind of like when you don't feel like working out I don't feel like working out I don't want to go to the gym and then you get here and you feel great so you know this this group always makes me feel better about the day and it makes it just lifts my spirits so this was a, a good day my my kids aren't even out of bed they're home from school for one more day and then they're remote for this week because of uh, all the stuff that's been going on so they weren't even out of bed yet so uh, Broncos for breakfast, no problem. Let's uh, yeah. let's get out here and uh, and talk some Broncos because, again, I know. Uh, here we go. It says be happy that you're 49 and 50 next year. <laughs> uh, live live every year. There are many that never get the chance. Um, my uh, my wife said she's like 49. How'd that happen? I'm like, well, I didn't die. That- <laughs> <laughs> Funny how she's like, well, that's a good thing. So. That's how that's how things happen. So that's you know you don't have any option. You know, nope. beats the alternative. That's what I always um, say. Beats the alternative for sure. Um, but no, there's a lot to be as we as we get to. Is this our first show of the new year? It is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. for you and me, this is our first show. So, you know, uh, I felt like the Cincinnati game pretty much gave us some closure. I said that at the beginning before that game. I'm like, you lose that game, we're we're getting some closure here. I still feel that way. And now you've got a crap ton of money, a bunch of draft picks, and a good young team, and you should be getting new owners, new coaches, and a bunch of new players. It is going to be one hell of an offseason. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Um, a lot of possibilities this offseason. And for the you know, office chair GMs that you and I are, maybe not couch, but the office chair since we're working here. Um, we will have a lot of fun talking the possibilities and a lot of uh, team building philosophy, draft philosophy. You know, we said it all off season last year where, you know, it doesn't really matter until you have the quarterback, but you got to have the pieces around the quarterback too. There's a reason Aaron Rodgers has only been to one Super Bowl, even though he might be the best quarter talented quarterback we've ever seen play. So uh, we're going to have fun with it. And thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank you, Scott, for holding down the fort while I dealt with technical difficulties. Hopefully you're not getting seasick. My arm's starting to fall asleep here holding up my phone, but um, yeah, I know, gosh. Um, but thank you guys so much. I had to go one hand so I could uh, go back to my coffee. But uh, you make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. Also follow us at Mile High Huddle and at Huddle Up Pod. If you're on YouTube, make sure you're joining us. Let's like you subscribing and sharing to us on YouTube. Uh, if you're on Facebook, join us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Mile High Huddle Pod. And uh, subscribe, like, and share to our channel as well as Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. How'd you like that, Scott? That was all off the top of the dome. I've done this enough times. I kind of I know. I memorized. Like, you know he's, he's, uh, he's, he's not going to be able to hit these banners. Let me go in and see if I can help in the background. That's that's stuff that that uh, that y'all don't care about. And Richie's saying, yeah, someone get Nick a phone saying, I know I got several of them here uh, yeah. between 
filming baseball and doing those kind of stuff. She, how do you not have a phone tripod at this point? I do, um, but time was of the essence. Um, so I had to run as talking about, uh, you know, Mac Jones and building a team around a quarterback. Um, you know, Zach Phillips, Belichick deserves some more credit turning that team into what they are after losing. I, I think Belichick gets plenty of credit to be I honest. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's He's considered the greatest article. of all time. Um, there was an article that was just released where they said, um, coach of the year and executive of the year. And they gave Bill Belichick, both of them, um, from, uh, people across the league. So he's getting, he's getting plenty of credit deservedly, but plenty of credit. Yeah. And, and did we, did we, did, uh, did Jamar chase put a boot into this rookie of the year contest? This Mac Jones nonsense. I hope so. I hope that so. Should have done it. Right. Yeah. I hope so. That, um, that should have done it. Cause it's like, I, I was going to, I was going to raise hell if, uh, yeah. if they, if they, if, and I'm still going to raise hell if they give it to Mac Jones again, you're talking about one of the top, maybe a top 10 wide receiver out of 500 receivers versus a number 15 quarterback out of 30. I'm like, yeah. okay, he's middle of the pack, and this guy's top two or 3% as a rookie. This isn't even a contest. Are you joking? Yeah, I will say that Mac Jones is probably the more valuable player just because even an average quarterback brings you more return than an elite wide receiver. Um, but, but average is easier to find than elite, period. Yes, yes. And for a rookie of the year purposes, I agree. If both were available via trade, I think Mac Jones might be actually getting more on return just because it's so hard to find that young cost controlled quarterback that you can build around then. But uh, it's got to be Jamar Chase. He's been great. Um, I've really liked Jalen Waddle this season. Also, he's been amazing. Uh, Penny Sewell, Rishon Slater. This has been a really good rookie class. And that should make people, people should be excited about this draft class too. It does sound like it's not as good as last year based on, and based on what I've seen, I would not put it as good as last year. The talent's not the same. But you're going to get a chance at a good player if you can't get that quarterback. So I went into last year and I hadn't really been a draft Nick in a while. And I was like, you know, I don't think this is just my newness coming back to it and and, and getting reestablished into this space. These are really good players. This is a special draft class. Um, And it has been. It's the the guys for the most part, um, you know, Sam's quarterback, which you don't expect quarterbacks. That's why I always said you're either going to get an, an exciting player or your, your quarterback of the future, not necessarily both. Yeah. Um, when you're talking about these, these top 10 picks and they've got, they've lived up to it. It was a really good draft. Yeah, it was a good draft. This one I don't think is as good. I mean, we just watched this last weekend. I think there were three players that we watched that would go one, two and three in this class if they were available in uh, Bryce young, Will Anderson. Oh my God. Will Anderson was incredible. And, uh, cj stroud so mm-hmm. it's unfortunate um for that situation but hey maybe it's a viable strategy we'll have plenty of chance to talk about uh, broncos trading down from 2022 to accumulate more 2023 capital to go up and get a quarterback next year if this year is not the year but uh scott we got to get you on out of here i gotta probably go figure out what's going on with the internet uh, we got steve coming in though with a super chat here i believe it's steve yeah it's, it's teeny tiny steve <laughs> and travis coming in happy birthday to you and i think Ethan's is coming up before too long. My dad's is Groundhog's Day, so you said yours was in a month. That's pretty close. So uh, lots of lots of birthdays. Appreciate y'all spending time with us today. And uh, and Nick, good job today fighting through it. I know that can be panicky. Yeah, I think uh, I, I hope the chat enjoyed me. <laughs> and he just locked up right on cue. I'm here. You're Hello? back now. Okay, cool. Well, I'm gonna go figure out the internet. Happy birthday. Uh, Stay safe, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.